0: My Faith, written by Ellen Silver, read by the author for the podcast, In the Midst of It All, a project of the palliative care program at Smilo Cancer Hospital. I wanted to share my struggles in navigating and enduring multiple serious health issues. I hope my story will be an inspiration for cancer patients and especially for those patients who may be on a similar journey. In the end, I have been able to overcome many demons and achieve a sense of commitment and love of self. I was raised in the Orthodox Jewish tradition. We didn't attend synagogue regularly, but we were observant and followed much of the tradition. My grandmother was quite observant. It was my grandmother who truly nurtured me and my siblings. It was unfortunate that she became senile or unable to care for us when I was only 13 years old. After five years of living with her in a senile state, she passed away when I was 18 years old. It was at this point that I began to question If there is a God, why would God allow my grandmother to suffer for so long? My mother passed away when I was in my 30s. Growing up, she made me feel as though I wouldn't amount to anything important, and college was not necessary for me. Following my mother's death, I discovered an awful emptiness in myself the first thing I wanted to do after she died was prove to myself that I could get into college and become something. I looked into various schools and decided upon Fordham University at Lincoln Center. During my second year at school, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer that had metastasized to the bones. His illness and dying were a totally different experience than my mother's illness and death, and it has given me a totally different perspective on my own illness and eventually death. He was more accepting of his illness and death. He showed me a strength and courage that I have been able to emulate as I face my own diagnosis and death. I continued on at Fordham after my father's death. By attending classes at night and over the summer, I completed my BA in just six years. I graduated with a 3.4 GPA and received two extracurricular awards at graduation. Through my classwork and papers, I discovered and became conscious of the many ways my mother had held me back from achieving various goals and becoming my own person. After attending NYU School of Social Work, I spent almost 30 years working in health care as a discharge planner. I developed a program to help Medicaid patients find home services following acute care. I also helped patients apply for Medicaid as well. I felt fulfilled in my work. I lived my life happily, independently, and was able to help others. My first personal experience with cancer was in 1999. I remember sitting in the surgeon's office as she told me I had breast cancer. I started crying saying my worst nightmare has become a reality. I was diagnosed with ductal carcinoma in pseudo, which is DCIS, which was treated at the time by a lumpectomy, six weeks of radiation, and five-year regimen of tamoxifen. As I went into my fifth year of finishing tamoxifen, I was feeling unwell. It was 2004, and my gynecologist who I saw every six months for a pelvic sonogram, recommended having an additional sonogram to check the fibroid I had forever. The sonogram showed that the fibroid and my uterus had tripled in size in the last six months. After the gynecologist checked with a radiologist, she informed me that I should have a total hysterectomy. After the surgery, my surgeon personally woke me up in recovery to assure me that he was 98% sure I was going to be fine. He didn't see any sign of um, a sarcoma, and everything turned out well with the hysterectomy. During pre-op tests, they found something concerning So a few days following surgery, I met a hematologist and performed a bone marrow biopsy. I saw the hematologist for a follow-up two weeks after I got home from the hospital. She informed me that I had myelofibrosis and I needed to have a bone marrow transplant. She wanted to refer me to Mount Sinai Hospital. At the time, my sister worked at Yale School of Medicine and knew of Dr. Thomas Duffy, hematologist. On a rainy afternoon, she stopped him outside the hospital and explained my situation. He informed her that he very much wanted to see me once I have recuperated. In the interim, he wanted me to forward him a copy of my complete medical chart And the actual pathology from the surgery, I saw him six weeks later, had a three-hour exam with his fellow and him, including multiple tests and extensive labs. At the end of the exam, he said that he believed I didn't need a bone marrow transplant, but in fact, that I had a rare hematological disorder. He said that he would know better when the test results came back. I returned to see him two weeks later for the results. He assured me that I didn't need a transplant and, in fact, had systemic mastocytosis, a very rare hematological disorder known as mast cell. It turned out he was the only hematologist in the entire metro area that diagnosed and treated mast cell. At the time of my diagnosis, I learned I was also allergic to anesthesia. Therefore, I would require certain medication whenever I was given anesthesia so I wouldn't go into anaphylactic shock. Two years after the hysterectomy, in 2006... an annual wellness checkup with my primary care doctor, it was recommended that I have a bone density and neck scan. After a great deal of confusion following these tests, a neck scan, or I should say a neck biopsy for the nodule in my thyroid revealed that I had thyroid cancer. Since my family lived in Connecticut, and Dr. Duffy was at Yale, I decided to have my thyroid removed at Yale. I was then referred to Dr. Holt, an endocrinologist at Yale. She recommended that I have a radioactive iodine treatment for the remaining cancer cells to see if these cells would respond to the radioactive iodine. In 2007, after having a follow-up neck ultrasound, a new nodule was found. It was biopsied and also turned out to be malignant. Dr. Holt recommended surgery to remove it. During pre-op testing, it was discovered that I had spots on my lungs, and it was decided that I have a lung biopsy. I didn't know what I feared most if it was related to the breast cancer or the thyroid cancer or if it was a new lung cancer. It was, I should say, I was somewhat relieved when I was told that it was not a new lung cancer, but instead the thyroid cancer had metastasized to my lungs. Dr. Holt then recommended that I have another radioactive iodine treatment. With all the radioactive iodine treatment I had, the malignant nodule in my neck totally disappeared. While the spots on my lungs were slow-growing, Dr. Holt and Dr. Deshpande, my oncologist at Yale, continue to monitor me. Then in the summer of 2012 my sister noticed a suspicious spot on my right shoulder, which turned out to be a melanoma. After having a biopsy, it was determined that surgery was necessary. The pathology showed it was self-contained, and I didn't need any treatment until 2019 when my struggle with cancer continued. My white blood count steadily climbed for about a year. Dr. Duffy, retired, and my new hematologist at Yale, Dr. Terry Parker, thought that the mast cell had finally led to myelofibrosis, the diagnosis that was originally thought I had. Dr. Parker recommended that I have a bone marrow biopsy which confirmed my oncologist's suspicion. Dr. Parker then explained to me that she wanted to transfer me to Dr. Nikolai Podosov, who specialized in diagnosing and treating myelofibrosis. I felt confident with all my doctors at Yale since my medical issues are so complicated. I decided to move from New York to Connecticut and be treated by Dr. Pedosev and my other physicians. My labs were stable until August, 2021, when my platelet count started to go down. Dr. Pedosev advised me that it was probably time to treat the myelofibrosis. He offered a cancer drug that uh, did not treat the disease itself, but it would treat the symptoms. In the fall, Dr. Pedose informed me that there was a new drug which had proved to be more effective in treating myelofibrosis in the trials. He was hoping the drug would be approved by the FDA towards the end of February. The approval happened, and in mid-March, I started the new drug. After a few adjustments in dosage, it had been effective in managing the myelofibrosis, and my counts have remained relatively stable. The long cancer journey has, among other things, led to poor body image. When I had my hysterectomy, I was cut from the belly down. When I had the lumpectomy surgery, I was cut on top of my breast and on the bottom of the breast. As a result of the lumpectomy, that breast was half the size of the other breast. When I had my lung cancer surgery, I was cut in three or four different places on my back. When my platelet count goes down, I get bad bruises all over my arms belly, and back. My body did not feel the same, nor did it look the same. Therapy has helped me understand that all these changes became a part of who I am, and I came to a place of acceptance rather than hiding. So many of us who have cancer go through this. It takes time to accept our new body but it's not improbable. During one of my treatments, Dr. Podosov came out and said, do you know why you have experienced multiple cancers? I said no. He proceeded to explain that he found that I had a chromosomal mishap in vitro. It was no one's fault. It was not my mother's fault. It just happened. The chromosomal mishap affects my immune system, and most likely living and working in Manhattan on 9-11 exacerbated the immune system. I have had a great deal of genetic testing for each of my cancers, and they found that I had two mutations for the thyroid cancer and two mutations for the myelofibrosis. When I was diagnosed with myelofibrosis, I began searching for a more meaningful way to live my life. I began searching myself, wanting to find peace within myself and be at peace when I die. I made a promise to myself that when I die, I would be content with my life. I want to give myself the gift of growing psychologically and spiritually. I wanted to reframe my life of what had been. So following my diagnosis of myelofibrosis, I began to work with the Yale palliative care social worker, Ed Schwartz. He really has been my savior. At about the same time, I began exploring my spirituality and I began questioning my religion. I attended a book reading for the first publication of Spirituality through our struggle. As I listened to the authors read their stories describing multiple cancers and decades of treatment and how they relied on their faith, I was so moved. I wanted to figure out what I believed to be true about God and life. So I reached out to the palliative care chaplain, Jane Julen, to help me process my faith and what I believe. I am still sorting out what I believe, but I finally feel free to go searching for God on my own. I have learned that I do not believe in the punishing God my mother described, shedding the self-blame, and seeing all the positive in my life. I can now say that I am fully content and finally feel at peace. We hope you have enjoyed this story. Please subscribe to hear more stories and interviews and tell us how this story has impacted you by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The production of this story episode was made possible by the generous support of the Yale Cancer Center, Yale New Haven Hospital, and the Yale Palliative Care Program, and Yale New Haven Department of Spiritual Care.